Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket Shows, a man whose North Carolina women's tennis team has reached their 12th consecutive NCAA round of 16 following their 4-0 victory over South Carolina this past weekend. Welcome back to the show, North Carolina women's tennis head coach Brian Calvis. Coach, how are you doing today? Great, Alex. Thanks. I always enjoy uh, being on your uh, show. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. I will also say on behalf of myself, on my mom, who's taken like me in four pictures of it, thank you for the North Carolina gear. I tell everyone the three-peat finger on the back, 20, 21, 22. I'm like, it's my three-peat though, because I was on the broadcast for all three. So just know that I've taken complete credit and I'm very appreciative for the gift. Well, I can tell you right now, I, the, my first interaction was, was with you in Chicago, yeah. okay? And uh, you interviewed us after, and I know you were telecasting every match, and it was it was such a a great uh, uh, thing that you're doing. And then obviously in Oklahoma State, which was incredible, and then obviously this year, so. Uh, I really feel that you were definitely a big part of that three-peat for us. Yeah, no, I was talking with the Yarlagata parents. I was like, both me and Annika had never lost a North Carolina match coming into this year. I was like, trust me. I was like, we're you're undefeated uh, when it comes as Tar Heels. And no, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take all the credit. You're welcome. Um, but no, of course, I you know I will continue to this dying day or till till the end of this podcast, the North Carolina 2020 team are the NCAA champs in my mind, and no one can take that hypothetical title away from you. But of course, you, I'm sure, have moved past that season. You're focused on the task at hand here in May, and that's where I want to start today's conversation. Obviously, uh, you guys reach another Sweet 16, as I mentioned, and you look for you guys over this past weekend, the 4-0 victory over South Carolina State, a 4-0 victory over South Carolina as well. Talk to me about your opening weekend of this NCAA tournament. It was a great weekend. I mean, it was a very uh, tumultuous week of uh, preparation because um, uh, we had a couple of girls not feeling great and we were in exams at 
actually ended on Friday. We had three girls had two exams on Friday, you know, three starters had two exams on Friday. So it was really challenging to, um, to really manage that. Um, uh, and not to mention, you know, we were trying to practice for, um, uh, at, at a venue where outdoor courts are under renovation. So we were having to kind of go to carry, which is a 30 minute drive roughly. So we were having to do some, uh, you know, you know, some travel, you know, routines that are not normal, our, our, you know, our, our mode of operation, but, um, honestly, uh, South Carolina state, you know, we played doubles outside and it rained and then we got to play indoors at our place, which was fantastic. Um, and then obviously the South Carolina, it was, it was really, really tough. It was barely 50 degrees, 15 mile an hour winds. And, uh, South Carolina is a really, really tough team. They played extremely well against a very tough Iowa state team the day before outside. Um, so I knew we were going to, um, get an incredibly prepared and well-coached team. And, and we just played one of the best matches of the year. I mean, doubles was really aggressive and sing- singles got off to a great start. Uh, Cam started with Cam. I mean, Cam played amazing against Hamner and, you know, just all the way down the line, Scotty lost the first set against, you know, a great player in Ackley and then came back and won the second set. Riley, uh, man, she played really well against a really tough uh, player uh, in, in, in Davies. And then, you know, really four, five, six, our, our depth really, you know, shined through. Obviously, Fiona just played amazing tennis. And then obviously, Carson did an incredible job first, you know, NCAA matches for her. And then obviously, uh, Annika clinching it against a really tricky player in, in, um, in Mulville. She just, you know, good, big serve, comes forward, chips, just very un- uh, unconventional. But, you know, really, uh, a, 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 I know the score sounds 4-0, but we really did a great job and played extremely well. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that doubles point and for your team, obviously, uh, against South Carolina, Crawley and Scotty, six two win at the number one spot, Allie and Carson, a six one win at that number two spot. You've played fifteen different doubles pairings throughout the course of this season. And I'm curious if that was you a I mean, I know you have various health issues, of course, on your roster throughout the course of the season, as any team does, and those issues necessitate playing around with the doubles lineup. But it did feel like you were, you know, consistently searching throughout the course of this season. And I'm curious if, you know, any of that experimentation is a reflection of maybe a lack of experimentation in the past or you searching for the right doubles pairings this year. I mean, obviously, Fiona, Elizabeth Scotty, number two in the country, we know how good they can be. But what led to you playing around so much this year with your doubles lineup? Uh, Well, um, you know, I think uh, in the past you know, we've kind of come up with the combinations pretty early and last year we didn't lose too many, if not any doubles points until at the end of the year. So I think, uh, this year, you know, at indoors, you know, we did beat NC state in doubles. Um, you know, we lost to Virginia. Okay. We lost to Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, we only won two of our four doubles points. We, be- we did beat Ohio state in doubles, but I mean, I think we, again, we felt like we had really good players, um, I think more, more than any other season, I think we felt we wanted to give our chances of, of experimentation um, an option. We want to see what other players could do with other combinations. And just we didn't want to go to the end of the season and be like, you know what? All right. We, we, we wish we had done this. We could have done that. So it was more of a trial and error. OK. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know what? We've lost some doubles points. It's not like we're, we're breaking up uh, winning combinations. We're trying to do some other things to see what our options are, you know, to give us the best chance towards the end of the year. 
Did it hurt to break up Allie and Riley just because of the history and the camaraderie those two had built? I think so. I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, they had played so well together um, and they were a pretty strong three team for us. Um, but um, I think Allie and Carson have, you know, they're very similar aggressive players. So I think they have uh, kind of gelled together. Um, they played an incredible doubles match against a very, I mean, I have so much respect for Kevin Epley and his doubles uh, you know, just IQ, uh, you know, his team plays very aggressive and you, you have to beat them. And, and uh, I mean, you look at what Carson and Allie did, uh, you know, Allie's playing the best doubles of her career right now. And I think that's, she's, she's playing loose. She's playing confident. I think playing with somebody who is a natural aggressive player like Carson, I think is, is freeing her up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, you, you talk about your depth, and obviously in a season that saw your team just lose two matches overall on the year, and you're what now, 25-2, and two, I believe, overall 26-2, and two, excuse me, after the win over South Carolina uh, at this portion of the year. If you're 26-2 and two overall, you're going to be winning a lot of, you know, everyone's going to be winning a lot, and the records are going to be gaudy. That said, obviously... In your two losses this season, you know, against Duke on the road and against Virginia in the ACC championship, you guys dropped the doubles point in both of those matches. Now, to your point, you dropped the doubles point against uh, Virginia at the National Indoors, didn't end up mattering. You drop a doubles point in four first sets in the National Indoor final against Oklahoma. Don't think I've forgotten, Coach. I can't laud the championships and then forget those sorts of details and end up coming back and winning that match. So you guys have proven you can do it without the doubles point. That said, you see the competition. You remember what happened last year with Pepperdine and their run and stealing doubles points until Texas when they weren't able to. How focused are you on doubles right now uh, over this final week, you know, 10 days of preparation uh, for this NCAA tournament? Um, I mean, it's a big emphasis. There's no, no question. I mean, I think um, uh, it makes our, our job to get four points a lot easier when you can get that doubles point. We've we've been in situations. You mentioned Oklahoma. We were at Notre Dame and we lost doubles point and lost four first sets. So we've been in, you know in situations with our backs against the wall. But you know when the pressure is mounting in the NCAA tournament, you 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 want to be able to kind of ease that pressure as much as possible. So we've been we've been putting more emphasis on it. We have very good doubles players and we have very good doubles teams. It's it's playing our you know our aggressive style and committing to it. Um, and also handling an aggressive potential opponent, okay, under 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 duress and under tremendous pressure uh, of the moment. So it's you know to me, Tyler, uh, my associate head coach, has done an incredible job with you know establishing a a doubles mentality, okay. And so uh, we just got to stick to it and know that you know the combinations that we've put forth, and we have other players as well. I mean, Casey Harvey, Annika Yarlagata, we got other players that are really uh, do an incredible job. Okay. And if need be, you know, we have confidence that other players could step in if need be, but you know, we're, it's a big emphasis for us because you know, when you're, when you're talking about the little things that make the difference, you know, in an NCAA round of 16 NCAA quarters, semis finals, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, that if you can win that doubles point, it takes a lot of stress and pressure off your team. Mm-hmm. You talk about stress and pressure on your team. 
They had not lost a regular season match since 2018. Now, obviously, all the credit in the world to Duke, who knocks you off at home. And, you know, obviously, that was the last time you guys had lost a regular season match as well. And, look, they're the number three seeds in the tournament for the weekend. That said, you guys dropped that match. You dropped the match against Virginia. I know this question sounds stupid superficially to some of the listeners who would say, isn't it always better to be 28-0 than 26-2? That said... Is it a blessing in disguise to have lost those matches this year? Like, how has that adversity helped you as a coach and helped this team become who they are? We'll have to see. I mean, the, the, <laughs> sure. you know, the, the proof is in the pudding, and the, you know, we'll see in the future if it does end up. Um, I've listened to you a lot, and I've, I've, one of the things you said is, you know, after we lost that match, you know, about, you know, Annika and other players, how hungry they're going to come out in the ACC tournament. And we were hungry. Okay. We were, we were hungry and, um, and we were motivated. And I think it ultimately has helped us and has shaped us, even though we didn't win the ACC tournament. um, We lost to a very good Virginia team, well-coached team that played better than us. It wasn't like we lost that match. So I feel very good. Okay. About uh, the, the way we prepared for that tournament. Uh, you look at Scotty in that match um, and what she did to give us a chance, okay, you know, to win, you know, that, that match in particular, um, you know, after losing doubles point, um, you know, she was, she was just a absolute bulldog and just, I, 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 again, she felt she, you know, left something out there. And I, I was so proud of what she was able to do against a tough Natasha Subhash. I mean, she, she, you know, and that's to me, you know, a, a tribute of, of, um, potentially losing a team match against Duke on the road. They, that was, that was a winning match. Okay. That, and that ended, I I felt like, you know what, we got better in that match. Um, So I think going forward, you know, losing that Duke losing, you know, in the ACC against Virginia, I think it only help us in the the future. And it has helped us. It definitely helped us on Sunday. It helped us be more purposeful in doubles. And I hope, I hopefully it'll help us, um, you know, just, not necessarily take things for granted, but, you know, have uh, have the sense of urgency that you need in the NC tournament. Yeah. And, you know, another one of my favorite sayings, really hard to beat a team three times in a season. And obviously you saw Virginia at the national indoors. You saw them in the regular season. You guys were able to take both of those victories. Certainly you knew Virginia was going to come out hungry. And yeah, I'm sure. I mean, what's the text like to Sarah afterwards? Is it like, that's your one. Like, enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was really proud of Sarah and, and Peachy, uh, you know, for what they've done to beat NC State the day before and then obviously to uh, to to beat us. Um, you know, it's tough to it's tough in our conference to to have to win, you know, four matches in a row. Um, um, or I, mean, I guess they had been three matches in a row. But I mean, I think that kind of competition and against Duke, you know, I did tell them, you know, after we lost him, I said, look, you know, after beating us, you got you got to get the title. <laughs> you can't just, you know. And and I we actually watched the match on the on the bus on the way back, and um, we wish we could have stayed there, but the contract and our bus didn't allow us to stay and support them. But we wanted to, and and our guys have been incredible. Sam Paul and his his crew have been so supportive of us. But you know, watching that match, it was very evident that um, that Virginia showed up. They play well, and and Duke Duke just had a little bit uh, more, in, you know, on that day than. Virginia did but um 
you know, they, I, I was proud of what they were able to accomplish. Um, and um, I wish them all the best. Yeah. And when you look at the ACC, you know, last year, obviously, you guys played Duke in the quarterfinals. NC State makes the semifinals. And, you know, Florida State's in the round. Of, and last year, the ACC was just ridiculous. Was it as good this year? Like, it does feel like somehow it managed to match that level, which to me is just crazy because even if, let's, you know, again, for, to me it was the depth this year. It was that, you know, Notre Dame, such a tough match. Obviously, Miami took a step up this year as well. And that f- South, you know, that Florida swing's always going to be miserable, that much more so when you're playing two high quality teams in Miami and Florida State. <laughs> and this is a stupid question again, but how good is the ACC right now? Well, four of the five teams that have qualified for round 16 are hosting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, I mean, well, I, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four yeah. of them are hosting. Virginia, yeah, NC hosting. State, uh, yeah. you guys, and then right. um, and Duke. And Duke. So, four of them are hosting. Okay. And then, and then obviously, I mean, you got teams, again, you got Florida State who, who beat Duke, okay, mm-hmm. during the regular season. You got Notre Dame who didn't make the NC State tournament, which is a, a shame because mm-hmm. they're so good. They they had us on the ropes and and they beat Miami. Duke mm-hmm. Notre Dame beat Miami. Okay, all right, and they didn't get in the NCAA tournament. That's just crazy to me. <laughs> um, and then you got Georgia Tech, who was really really good. Okay, almost beat Auburn. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean you got I mean there's so many teams that the depth of it. I mean not to mention Wake Forest, who's really really good. Um, they they got one of the best. You know they have their best assembled team in in, in Jeff's history. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it is a really tough conference. I think it's tougher this year than it was last year, honestly. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. It's the depth, to your point. There's just not a single easy match. I mean, you guys have Brant Meyer coming in. Obviously, you've done well on recruiting as well. I'm not going to say the rumors on the transfer portal, but it sounds like there's some more talent coming in. That's an like. How much pressure do you feel to be at? You know, there are no down years. It feels like every year you need to add a Carson or a Reese. And I don't know if you're allowed to talk about Reese yet. I don't know if she's signed officially or not. But it does feel like there is that pressure right on all of you because a, you know, Miami. I'll say they've got Alexa Noel coming in, so it's like there's another piece to their puzzle. And you know, Simon, what he's building at NC State, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Do you feel that pressure on the recruiting trail? Well, I mean, you look at Duke and you look at NC State, they're constantly bringing in these grad transfers. And, and so these players that have, have experience and they're talented. Um, and so, and obviously, you know, Virginia just got an announcement of a grad transfer um, and, a, and, a, and a, a really good, talented player from Canada. So, I mean, there's, I mean, our conference is just getting better and better. So, I mean, you have to, you have to continue to excel on the recruiting trails. You know, what's interesting about our team this year versus, you know, maybe some of the other teams is we developed them. You know, Annika didn't play last year, okay, and she has been an incredible uh, point for us. You know, Riley played six and seven last year and, and now made the NCAA tournament, top ten in the country, you know, had a, an incredible season for us and hasn't been healthy, you know, for a majority of it. But, you know, you look at, you know, we only really – we lost three, you know, starters and we only brought in one starter, okay, so – you know, for us to have the season that we did, it's more of a developmental nature than a, re, you know, reloading, mm-hmm. you know, so we thought maybe this might be a rebuilding year with only that trans- transition, but Carson has stepped in and been a huge point for us. Cam at number one, has we have not missed a boot, beat without, you know, obviously losing Sarah, but Cam has RB and All-American, played number one for us, and Elizabeth Scotty. I mean, you know, for her to, you know, I remember, I remember at the very beginning of the year, you're like, all right, Carolina, 
your 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 success is going to be based on whether okay scotty can be healthy yeah. she's been she knock on wood but she's been healthy and she's been successful she's played the top of the lineup you know she's been you know i made the ncaa tournament singles and doubles you know i mean what an incredible year for for elizabeth and um i mean obviously to have five singles players in the ncaa tournament and Fiona having the most wins in you know, NCAA history this year in 41. So, I mean, I know you, you're you a big pro, uh, product of her being the, one of the best players in the country, and so am I. You know, having that player at four is is, is great, is, is a great thing for us. But, you know, again, back to your initial question, recruiting-wise, it's, it, you know, you really have to continue to recruit the best fits, and that's what we try and do, the best fits for our program. And we're we're excited, you know, for those fits coming in next year. Fiona right now at 71 career wins. Haley Carter's at 168. I'm just saying it's not impossible. I'm just throwing it out there. I thought, you know, in my mind, Sarah Davitella will always be the GOAT because in my experiences, all she does is win matches and win MVPs. And so, like, that's, you know, that's my GOAT. At the same time, Fiona's on pace. You mentioned it. And so it is a very fun time. And I want to get back to Fiona and the depth that you have. But you mentioned something a little bit earlier about Cam. And, you know, we talked about this after the National Indoors. Cam's ability to fight against Lane Sleeth in that final and just stay stay alive. Or even against Emma or Jada Daniel. You know, even when she wasn't earning victories, her ability to just stay alive. Well, Against Sarah Hamner uh, in that South Carolina match, again, she's up a set and a break. 7-5-4-2 victory for her. And, you know, for Scotty, she may have dropped that first set to Ackley. She's up 5-3 in the, in the second and getting ready to split. Again, those two are two players who definitively took that step up this year. 3-4, and four, up to 1-2. and two. Talk to me about both the leadership you've seen from the two of them as well as the growth you've seen in their games. Yeah, Scotty did split against Ackley, so that maybe misread. It's know, scoreboard. Her. Scoreboard says yeah. five three. I'm, you know what? No, We're blaming Joey. Joey. Okay. If you're perfect. listening to this, get on it. Yes. Yeah. Get, I'll, I'll get Joey on it, but she yeah. did split. Okay. Um, and actually, Ackley took an injury timeout when when she split, and they didn't get to start the third set. Of but um, you're the the in, the in, uh, the leadership, Cam. I mean, it's been incredible for her to play the the best player in the best conference match after match. Okay, and having the incredible year she's had in the ACC and nationally, I mean, top 10 all year long. I mean, she's to me, okay, you know, besides Navarro, she's she's probably the best player, you know, in the ACC besides Navarro, Um, you know, but, you know, she's she's taken everybody's best shot and done an incredible job. And, um, you know, just the leadership, you know, just, you know, we had our banquet today and I, I told her, I said, what she what she has been amazing in her four-year career is that she is not she's not missed a practice she's not had a bad day in practice she's not had a bad moment in practice she practices with purpose i'm a big advocate that you play the way you practice and she practices with intensity and aggression aggressiveness and and all those leadership by examples have been a huge uh huge reason for our success this year and then and scotty um you know she's you know she's been you know dealing with some illnesses and, and some injuries but I mean, when we need her, she's able to step in and, and play. And she they both give us, you know, the confidence that they can win any single match and any single point uh, in any, any situation. They are absolutely two of the most gamers that we've ever had in our program. So it's, it's nice to have those two players at the top of your lineup that uh, against the best players in the country, 
can give you a chance to be successful every single day. Mm-hmm. And I'm still knocking on wood about the health. Just know I've been knocking consecutively here for the past 10 minutes. But with that in mind, I want to ask you some questions about your season, about your team. Let's start here. And I always enjoy hearing these answers from the coaches thus far. Who's the MVP of the 2022 North Carolina season thus far? Well, we handed out the award today. Okay. And so it's it's already it's already within the Carolina family. It's already public. Uh, Fiona Crawley won our MVP. I'm a trendsetter. What can I say? Uh, by the way, I'll know. I point out I did not get the banquet invite this year. Did I do something <laughs> wrong? Was it me, Coach? Uh, no, it was not you. Okay. All right, next year. I'll, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, get, we'll get it out to you. I like it. But so it's what? Least to- I'm telling you. Yeah. It's a, it's one of those bucket list items. I'm telling you. You know, so maybe when Fiona's senior year, yeah. okay. You know, you come in for that banquet. We'll we'll fly you in, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Just give me five minutes at the opening okay. to like just you know do a little stand up, work my jokes in. Like that's hey, what first I'm off, best. let me ask you this question: If we invite you, will you come? Are you kidding? An excuse to okay. go to Chapel Hill in May? All right. No, no. Okay. First of all, I'd be so right. flattered. I'd be like, yeah, of okay. course I'm coming. Uh, so it'd all be, right, yeah, it'd be the uh, privilege of a time. Wear my bucket hat. Uh, as you Perfect. know, I, I assume they'll let me in uh, to the banquet Perfect. at that point. But if you can't expand, why Fiona for MVP? It was a tough. It was a tough decision. It was a tough call because we have so many players that deserve it. You know, you could have said Cam deserves it. You could have said Scotty deserves it. You could have said Riley deserves it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of players that you know. But you know what? Um, you know, Fiona losing one match. Okay, yeah. and and I don't care what position you play. They all work the same points. And yeah. and and Fiona, there's as much pressure on her as anybody else. And you know, you know, hadn't lost a match. And even the match she lost against you know a gamer and Kelly Chen, you know, was was just it's all credit to Kelly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, she, and not to mention what she's done in doubles. I mean, she stepped up at the number one doubles position, you know, wins a you know, title with Scotty, you know, she's really helped us in doubles. She's helped us, you know, singles. She's played every match. I mean, she's played every match. She's been successful in every match and we've relied on her. I don't want her to ever think that we take her point for granted. Um, but she works hard. She has a great attitude. Uh, she just is, she's so bubbly. She's coachable. Uh, we just felt like all the intangible things that, um, you know, you know, make somebody, you know, a most valuable player, whether it's success on the court or the intangibles, you know, she brought all those things to our program this year. Mm-hmm. I win. She, cause she was up three Oh, I think in the first set against Kelly, or maybe it was even four Oh. And I remember, she was up looked, yeah, I was looked at the scoreboard and I was like, Oh, we're good. I was like, I can move on. Like, I don't need to look at this one right now. Like I'll come back to that a little bit. And then I turned back. I'm like, I'm sorry, what happened? Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, again, one dual match in her career, a testament to her uh, level of play and what she's been able to contribute and just her success here in college tennis. The other side of that, most improved player here this season. Who's taken the biggest leap in your mind? Well, we, we uh, again, we gave we gave out awards today, but the most improved player that we gave out the award, okay, to, okay, which goes into a lot of things, but Lindsay Zink, who was a freshman, who's worked really hard. You haven't seen her in our lineup regularly, but she has come out extra every single day you need those other players on the team that make others better okay and Lindsay's that player that she trains hard she has an amazing attitude she wants to be really good you know I I have I've had the fortunate to to have coached her mother at William Mary Lauren Nicholas who was a six-time All-American but Lindsay is that kind of player that you know especially in our kind of program like ours is going to continue to get better because she's hungry she she thrives on and working hard and her game has has taken incredible leaps. But again, you could have said Riley Tran, okay, by you know where she's gone from seven to three, six to three, being top you know top ten in the country, 
um, you, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many people you could have, you, you could have tagged for that award. Um, and it was hard for us, but, you know, Lindsay stood out for, you know, for Tyler and I as the person that really, uh, you know, looked, looked the part. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. And again, you need the players on your roster who just love tennis, who are just there to hit and grind and cheer and do all these things. And uh, ideally, that player is not a staple of your lineup because then they're on the sidelines still reinforcing all of those things while everyone else is focusing on their matches. So no, I completely understand that decision. I do want to ask you about a freshman who, in my opinion, I've seen made massive gains even since the fall, despite having success throughout. And that's obviously Carson, who now... 19 and two overall in dual matches, a ridiculous amount of success in singles for a freshman. Of course, she's played her doubles role as well. Now, you guys have had plenty of successful freshmen throughout your time and tenure, not only at North Carolina, I suppose, but going back to William and Mary as well. What is it about Carson that has allowed her to have this success so early? It's truly amazing. I mean, it really is remarkable because, you know, she's stepping into a a established top tier program. And Carson wasn't your, your your typical elite blue chip player, you know, you know that we've recruited. She she was not in the top five, ten that we typically, you know, that Fiona. Okay, or just Haley to Carter. add, Reese Brantmeyer made the finals of San Diego last year. Like everyone knows who Reese Brantmeyer is. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, so Carson Carson was kind of under the radar, you know, from a lot of programs. And for us, what we loved about her in recruiting was her upside. We saw her. I mean, she had, if you see her play, she has such incredible athleticism. She played, you know, basketball, high school basketball, was a star on her basketball team. She loves team sports. And, and, you know, her mother went to Carolina, great family. You know, just a perfect, perfect fit for us. And we felt like, you know what, it's going to be probably a year or two before she kind of really, you know, excels, especially in our program. And uh, we saw it early in the fall. She, she, she stepped in right away and was comfortable. And, you know, she was in recruiting. We thought she was a little shy, but she is. She's got a great sense of humor. She kind of, you know, jabs at us. We, we give it back. It's it's great banter. She is she is an incredible, incredible person. She she is you, you, the, 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 t- the term that I like is like speak softly, but you carry a big stick. OK, she has she's very humble. Uh, she she you know, she's got big shot mentality. But she has grown into a just a worker on the court. She's come in a lot. You know, she'd be another one to candidate for a most improved, mm-hmm. b best attitude, or he could have been. So you know what? She could be our MVP because without her, who knows where our program would be? You no, know, I completely agree with you there. And we talked about this after the national indoors, but you know, now you've got five months of it, and certainly the entire fall as well in the books. You talked about it potentially earlier. You know, we thought 2022 might be a rebuilding year. And, you know, I'm thinking back to January when we were doing our preseason rankings where we had you guys at number three almost by default because you're like, well, there's still just all these pieces, even if we have no idea how any of it fits. With that in mind, I am curious. How different has this season been from, you know, the two, three years past? Again, you knew Jones, Graham, Davatilla, you you know, Sanford, that core had been around the block together for so long. I don't want to say a breath of fresh air because that's, you know, I think Alexa and Sarah, there's plenty of fresh air with that group as well. Uh, But how different has this season been? It's been uh, been quite different, you know, as far as we had in the beginning, you know, we had to kind of, find out or find out our team identity, you know, sure. and, and, um, just w- what, who was our leaders? Who could we count on? I mean, you talked about Sarah and Alexa and McKenna. I mean, they came 
with so much experience, you know, match after match, year after year. So you're right. There were so many uncertainties who, who you know, health wise, you know, with some, you know, position, you know, experience with others, you know, others stepping into the lineup hadn't played, you know, what doubles combinations, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of, you know, coming back returnees and doubles. So we had to find out a lot of answers and, um, you know, we were able to indoors, we were able to kind of find out our identity. You know, I mean, we, we grew up very quickly at indoors and, uh, and from there going through the gauntlet of the ACC was, was really challenging. The, the trip to Miami and Florida state uh, was, I mean, incredible winning at, 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 at NC state um, was just an amazing atmosphere. Probably one of the best atmospheres I've been a part of our team's been a part of, you know, and then, and then obviously he you know, we had only one player on our team, and that's Ali Sanford that has played at Duke. Okay, so we hadn't played at Duke, you know, since 2018. So, you know, that was a that was a challenge, and um, so and they had a great atmosphere. We had a lot of fans there. So, you know, we you know it was definitely a different year going through playing most of the really tough teams besides Virginia on the road. Yeah. No. And again, you mentioned that four three win at NC State. This is such a tangent, but just. Quick question. Better win that one at NC State or 2020, that 4-3 win at Florida State right before the pandemic hit? Because that match to me was one of my favorites. Well, the NC State match was a better, like, quality win at at the moment, okay? Because, um, but as far as drama goes, the Florida State match with Cam winning it and then then, then Scotty having to, you know, be the, the final clincher, Drama wise, because Cam had to win a, a third set buster being down match points, uh, was definitely the most dramatic match, okay, that I can remember. But the NC State match, as far as the um the highest quality, because the the Florida State match was was windy and cold. It was disgusting. This, oh, it was everything that college brutal. tennis can be. Yeah. It was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, and we played that match without without Sarah. Sarah mm-hmm. was sick. Okay. She wakes up in the morning and says, I can't play. I'm like, all right, so Casey Harvey goes in at six. So, um, and you know, but the NC State match was a very high quality match, and the atmosphere with the fans um, and our men's team showing up and supporting us was was just incredible. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, is that the best win of the season? Or are you still going to say probably Oklahoma? I would say the uh, the Oklahoma match. You know, just the way it happened. I mean, losing the doubles, the way we lost the doubles, as you saw. Uh, s- similar to like the Texas doubles. I'll say for you, it was quick. Yeah, yes, it was quick. It was quick. And then losing four first sets, um, you know, and, and they, and you were there, they were loud and they were, they're, they, I wouldn't say they're obnoxious, but they were, they were, they were borderline kind of getting in our heads and uh, the, the fight that our team displayed, you know, set the tone for the rest of our year for us. Yeah, no, it was exceptional. And again, I I think that match is why that match sort of epitomizes where everything is uh, going into this home stretch of the NCAA tournament. Now, let me ask the flip side. I think I know the answer, but if you could replay any one match from this season, would it be a victory or would it be one of the two losses? Well, for me, it's always a loss. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was always a loss. Um, I would uh, I would probably. I would probably replay one of the two losses, if not both of the losses, you know, as a coach want to do a few things differently. But um, I think those losses has also shaped us for the, you know, for the rest of the year and, and hopefully made us better. So, um, you know, in the last few years, I kept telling myself, 
you know, everybody's like, you know, you, you guys need to lose. You guys need to lose in the past. I was like, nah, we don't need to lose. <laughs> you know, we, we can gain as much winning and, and learn so much about winning. And um, so, but I think these two losses, our team, our team is really, you know, it, it, they kept, they kept saying after those matches, coach, I'm sorry, you know, two and to each other, I'm sorry. And I was like, you guys have nothing to be sorry about these matches. You know, I, I would, I would want you to be sorry if you didn't give the effort or you didn't have the great attitude or you didn't prepare properly. And so just proud of our team, even though we, we took some lumps, but I think it's, it's, it's allowed us to kind of grow and, and, and develop and get better. No, absolutely. And now obviously you find yourself again in a 12th consecutive sweet 16, which I'm pretty sure is the same age as Joey. Uh, so there you go. The entire <laughs> Joey lifetime, but no, with that in mind, I'm curious, it's year two of this format and still a lot to be learned. Super regional or all sweet 16 at one site, which do you prefer? I love the super regional when we're hosting. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, I also think that it's the the final site, especially with the um, uh, especially with the, the individual after. It's such a long event. Okay, so and I like the fact that you can you can spread it out a little bit. You have the regional is tough, you know, for a lot of teams because you're in exams, and then you can have a little little break. Okay, and then play one match, really promote it on the college campus. You know, we've only played one other, you know, super regional. We hosted Oklahoma State. So that that was a great atmosphere. And if we had to go someplace, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it'd be you know promoted extremely well. Like, you know, I'm excited for the, this weekend of, you know, of, of you know hosting Florida. So I, I prefer the super regional and then having just the final eight at the final site. Yeah, no doubt your North Carolina team thriving as they always do. Uh, and I know I speak for everyone when I say we look forward to seeing them compete down the home stretch of the season. So, Coach, be safe, be healthy, and hopefully I will see you all in Champaign soon. Great, Alex. Thanks. I always enjoy uh, being on your uh, show. I appreciate that, Coach. Take care and obviously wishing you luck this weekend. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene. For all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>